listeners, welcome to another episode of The Ali Show and today we have a very special guest, Ravinder Hunia, sports journalist yeah. from Sky Sport, is it correct? It is. Um, yeah, I was, I was actually like trying to figure out uh, which is the right title, but did I get that right? Is it sports journalist? Yeah, or... even though I'm not really journalisting at the moment, but I still call myself a journalist. Okay. So you actually started off as a journalist before you went on to... Yeah. Oh, okay. I actually started as a librarian. Yeah, that one's a very interesting story. <laughs> anyway, before we get into all of that, Ravinder, how are you today? I am good. It's warm, but I'm good. Yeah, this just... Uh, we're right in the middle of it. Um, <laughs> couldn't be any hotter. I'm sorry I couldn't provide a fan today. Um, but yeah, and we'll screw a little bit the audio as well, but... Um, anyway, Ravinda, for those who might not know who you are, could mm-hmm. you give us a brief introduction about yourself? Yeah, my name is Ravinda Hunia, as you've stated. Um, I am, my mother's from Tapuki in the Bay of Plenty. My dad's from India. Uh, I've been a sports journalist for six-ish years. Um, I'm a mother of three, um, happily married, and... I don't know, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you did mention, um, you know, you have a twin sister. Yes. Uh, interesting story. My brother is actually twins as well. Oh, um, cool. And, uh, you know, growing up, uh, you know, with twin brothers, like, um, you you notice and you learn a lot of things. Like, um, they used to fight a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, whatever that you bought, you, you know, my parents bought. Like, they had to buy it in pairs because you can never buy one. Yeah. Like, it'll, be, it'll become a huge fight. Yeah. Um, how was it like, uh, you know, growing up with a twin sister, especially for yourself? Like, I've been asked that a few times and um, my sister and I actually laugh about it because to us it's normal. You know, mm. like we don't know life not being a I twin. Identical, you know? identical yeah, twins? Yeah, we're identical twins. So we're mirror twins. So she's left-handed, I'm right-handed. Wow. And we were born feet to feet. Really? Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Oh man, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and um, but like you know, like when you when you uh, were in school and all of that, mm. were there struggles to kind of identify who is who? Or yes, there was. Um, I don't know. My sister was quite the independent one though, and kind of didn't hang out with me at school. So you kind of knew mm. who was who because uh, she was always trying to. You know? Yeah, I think when when I was growing up as well, I actually kind of wished that I had a, a twin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really, because like it um, is pretty cool. Yeah, because like you know, if there were certain situations that I didn't want to be in or whatever, like you know, there's someone to cover for you. <laughs> yeah. I, I always thought of it as that way. You know, yeah. like if I didn't want to attend whatever, then like we can take turns. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's for one name and we're both. But even in it. those socially awkward, you know, when you're at school and you know, kids kind of struggle sometimes because they haven't made friends yet or whatever mm. but you always had a mate with you like the first day of school exactly. on the playground you were never by yourself so that was really cool yeah that's mm. a bit of pros and pros and cons <laughs> pros and cons oh yes anyway um a little bit about your background because i understand you're you're half maori and half punjab mm. and um well obviously you you you're in new zealand and you experience the the maori side of that mm. um how how much of your experience of like your Punjab heritage or have you, I understand you have not been to no. never before. No. And now look, the world's locked down, so mm, <laughs> which that's, is even more tough now to try and get over there. That's interesting. Yeah. So whereabouts exactly was your, your dad from which part? He's from a village outside of Punjab called Drali Kurd, which is just near the Pakistani border. Mm. So top 
to the left a bit yeah. <laughs> of India. Okay. Um, and grew up on a goat farm. Okay. And um, yeah, so that's what his parents used to do. Um, my grandfather went to war and my dad was the... Wait, 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 what? Your grandfather went to war? Yeah, for India, yeah. He was an Indian soldier. Yeah. Really? Okay. Mm. Which is pretty cool yeah. when I think back now. Um, but yeah, my dad was the eldest of four. So when his dad used to leave, he was the man of the house. And Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. And, yeah. and it's it's um, it's quite normal to, like, well, in, in those families, like Asian families, you know, you have the eldest kid who take care of the mm. whole family. And especially even for, like... Um, even when the parents are still around, like sometimes the parents are just working all day. Like I, I remember, well, I have never met my grandfather, um, oh, either one of my grandfathers actually, mm. but um, I, I heard stories and he was always like out working, he'd do day jobs and night jobs, yeah. you know, that's like basically the Asian stories, you mm. know, from back in the day, that was how it was. And I think my, that was my mom's side. So her eldest brother was the one who kind of looked after the whole family so right. he was kind of like the father yeah. and come, come to think of it like man we're really fortunate that we are not in that kind of situation you know right. like you, you, you want to be a kid but like kinda you can't, can't be a kid and you have to be like a parent yeah. like man that's not easy Yeah. and so you've never been to that part of the world Hey guys, Ali here just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast we appreciate your love and your support if you're not already on board, please do follow us on here and share it with your friends and family. If you prefer a visual experience, our videos are actually up on YouTube at the Ali channel. Please don't forget to subscribe, like and share and leave a comment or feedback if you like. And also you can follow us on our socials at the underscore Ali underscore channel for Instagram and on our Facebook page at the Ali channel. We'll see you soon and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. No. And even when I had the opportunities to go for some reason, my, cause I have, you know, two sisters, uh, we were kind of steered not to. Mm. And it, why is my that? dad's so cryptic. Like we even can't really get it out of him now, but I think a lot of it was because, you know, my two sisters still aren't married. And at the time we were wanting to go, I wasn't married and mm. we were at an age where we should be married. So yeah. I think it, it kind of had something to do with that that if you go there like this might happen like you know things arrangements Arranged could marriages. be made oh my <laughs> goodness those are not i don't understand yeah. this man coming from asian you know <laughs> i really 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 don't understand yeah. this arrangement i mean i've nothing against it but mm. like for me i just don't agree with it. i don't know how people can do it like and i've heard stories you know and um you haven't met this person and you want to yeah. like get you want to get married and you're gonna live with this person yeah what if on the first on the second day you know like first day okay maybe it's all smiles and laughs yeah. you don't even know what to say right yeah. second day what if you realize that it's not for you and you don't want it well you're just gonna get a divorce or... a dick. I don't I like, like him yeah oh man and... obviously that happens right like okay wait but that's not that's i think that's not the scary one some of the scary, <laughs> <laughs> some of the scary ones where you haven't even seen like i understand yeah. you know that that well, from what I understand, you have a photo album. Mm. You go to the house. I, this is so... I heard this story before. Um, someone actually experienced this and they shared the story with me. So okay. he went to the girl's family's house. Right. Sat down. The family brought tea and whatever, yeah. coffee. And then yeah. they'll bring a photo album. And I was... My question was, where's the girl, bro? Like, yeah. 
oh, she was at the house. Yeah. Why couldn't she just come out? Yeah. And Not allowed to. Yeah, and yeah. like you just look at a photo album yeah. and I was like, bro, that's so scary. <laughs> what if it's not the person in the photo, man? Like imagine they'll bring Can't out some sure. Yeah, they'll bring out some nice photos, model modeling photos from like maybe ten years ago or something like that. I was like, bro, I don't know what I don't know why you even agree. And they would they would show the best photos on offer too. They I was <laughs> like, I don't know why you would even agree to um, go in the first place, but you know, I think my um so my my uh, eldest brother or my well they're twins and uh, they're both um, you know not married no partners mm. at, at, well at that time and uh, my mom actually tried to do pull this trick on us <laughs> and I told my mom I said yeah she was like you know we know some uh, you know I have some friends they've got some daughters I said I know I've got friends and they've got <laughs> sons and they've got daughters what are you trying to say and she was like maybe your brother could use I said no 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 don't don't bring up this whoa, 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 whoa. yeah don't bring up this crap you know like no don't even try is it was it here in new zealand no nah, no nah, that oh, was okay. uh, that was overseas yeah. yeah and i was like please don't even try that crap i was like we <laughs> we are not going to partake in any yeah. of that but anyway uh, <laughs> before we drift on too, <laughs> too far um so i understand you grew up in south auckland yes yeah. how could you describe like you know i hear a lot of people who tell me like what it's like uh, I, I have not grown up you know in New Zealand so mm. I, I wouldn't really understand but like what does it mean you know growing up in South Auckland for you mm. how was that experience to be fair growing up in South Auckland was absolutely fine I loved every minute of it and it wasn't really um, until I got older looking back that I kind of realized oh okay you know I'm actually um, really proud of where I came from and I think you know is it how South Auckland's been portrayed in the media and in television and what people perceive the community to be probably has a big part of it. Um, you know, all the riffraff comes from there, all the crime comes from there, and, you know, nothing good ever comes out of there. So um, when I was in South Auckland, I, I mean, and I had two sisters growing up with me, I, you know, I never felt unsafe or that I was in danger, or that I couldn't walk down the street, or, you know, this, that, and the other is going to happen, or anything like that, but, you know, I could have been a little naive, but to me, that was my environment, and I loved every second of it, and, um, but, yeah, as an adult now, um, seeing our community, and, you know, th there are struggles, there is poverty, and, um, but I didn't see it as a struggle back then when I was younger, mm. um, but when I look back now, and I see, you know, the things that I've been able to do in my career coming from that community I a think of I'm very very lucky to be doing what I'm doing but b that it's not impossible to be able to have whatever life you want out of a community like South Auckland mm. and would you say also it's like the number of opportunities that are available in those communities mm. really affected that like what you said yeah. to have come out of there yeah like you don't have the the private schools and the high decile education and you know it really is like a, a village type mentality where it comes you know a lot of the success out of South Auckland comes from our role models and a lot of those role models are athletes and um, because South Auckland obviously strong Maori and Pacific Island um, families and uh, athletic you know athletically gifted so a lot of our role models from uh, are from that community so I think that in that instance you know role models have played a big part in our community you talk about like um, you know schools there and all that 
did sh- do you feel that from what it was back then to now are they like changes mm. or has it has it been like pretty much the same um i think there's a bit of changes i went to um otahuhu college um and you know when i drive past the school now and see security guards at the gates that worries me a little bit mm. that wasn't there when i was you know there once upon a time um but things things have changed over the years another big change was when you know uniforms were made compulsory and you know even down to that when families struggled to pay for uniforms and i mean you know, free lunches in schools now, or free breakfasts now in schools that are that are needed because you know there is, you know, like this food crisis in schools right now. You, some families cannot afford this nutritional lunch. You know, when you give families this list of food that they need to be giving their kids, but you know, fast food and junk is way more cheaper mm. than fruit and you know and all the and all the good stuff. Yeah, so. that's I think. But, um, you know, I'm not too familiar with, like, the school system here, but mm. um, is there sufficient help, like, for, you know, as what you said, you know, parents who are in a little bit of a tight situation mm. or who are really struggling, is there, like, enough to help them and to help especially their kids? Because what I've heard recently, which the one that really scares me, was when after the whole COVID period, that I heard that there were a lot of kids who had to leave school because yes. their parents couldn't afford. Mm. And th- that scares me. Mm. Like, you know, uh, if a kid has to be put in a situation where they can't go to school. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's just... And, I mean, a lot of, you know, some of those kids will say, you know, I don't get the chance to finish school, but other kids will say, you know what, now's my time to step up and help my parents because of this thing that we can't control. And we need more money in the household. And I think it's going to take for them, you know, in a few years' time to look back and go, holy crap, man, I had to pull out of school and do this because there wasn't sufficient support. But I think what COVID really did was expose all those flaws that are happening within our community. Like with school, um, when you're telling kids to go home and do online learning now, how many kids can you count that have a laptop or even, you know, have a compatible device to even take part? It's next to nothing. Exactly. I remember when, in, man, I, I can't even remember what age I was before we even had a laptop yeah. in our home. <laughs> exactly. Like we, we couldn't yeah. even afford, um, man, it, I think it must have Trying to get a scientific teenage. calculator was a struggle. Yeah, that, man, that, <laughs> that thing was so expensive. And yeah, like, it was. When you had that, you had to write your name on every corner of the <laughs> thing. So like anybody did try to take it, like, you know. That or you get the thing from like Metalwork or oh, something to yeah. and it, yeah, chisel it into. Engrave, you. Yeah, engrave your, <laughs> yeah. your name on the thing. Those were expensive. Man. Yeah. Like I'm, if you lose, I remember when, I, man, I think when I was like primary school, if I lost, man, if I lost even like a, a pencil case, yeah. man, yeah. when I go home, like, yeah. you know, you, you know, you know, hiding's waiting for you when mm-hmm. you get home. And like, you know, you look at the kids now and like, man, you yeah. know, they have stuff like phones at the age of three and I know. four. And it's crazy, eh? It's crazy. But, I mean, well, there's pros and cons of that. I feel like, um, you know, there's all, whatever that, it, uh, you know, advancements that come, mm. um, you can use it in the right way yeah. or the wrong way, you know. Yeah. And, well, I, in, a, in a way, I think I'm, I'm leaning towards technology. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel they need to. Like, you know how, you know, back in the day when your parents would be worried when you're not home and stuff like that. Yeah. 
man, I think that's way better. Like you can yeah. check your kids now. You can yeah. know where your kids are, if they're safe or not, you know. Mm. So a bit of peace of mind. I think we're trading. It's like a good trade-off, I feel, so far. But, oh, I might be wrong. <laughs> Millennial. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, jumping into uh, sports journalists, mm-hmm. Sky Sports, um, how did that whole thing come about? Tell us. And you mentioned a little bit about starting off as a librarian. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Was it librarian? Yep, yeah. archive librarian. Archive librarian, mm. yeah. So tell us. Yeah, so um, I was working as a case manager at Work and Income and um, wanted a bit of a change. <laughs> and a job at Māori Television came up to be an archive librarian. I kind of had no idea what that job was. Um, but it was uh, an opportunity for me to have a job involving sport because I love sport was like, when, you know, when- Sorry, just to pause you there. When did mm. the whole interest for sport come about? Like, were you heavily in, 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 like involved in sports growing up and no, all that? No. Really? No. How did it? How did it? I don't know. Well, I think my <laughs> husband has a lot to blame for it because he was, <laughs> when I met him, he was a huge, like, he was, you know, training jujitsu and big, massive rugby league fan and whatever. So when we were in a relationship, I kind of had no, I had to watch it because that's that what he was into, he was doing, you know. Yeah. So I was into it. I was he already kind of dragged you into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was already into like um into netball and, and things like that. Not playing it, but you know, a big fan of it and, and players and athletes and what have you. But um when I was in the in, you know, early stages of our relationship and we we're, you know, watching all the sport, it kind of became like a second this is our thing. This is just what we do. We we watch sports and we cover them on and off, you know, the field or court and and things like that. So it kind of became this, you know, you become quite passionate about certain teams and certain sports. So I was like, oh, yeah, you know, coming away from, um, you know, because I've been doing community work for a while, it might be a nice change to do something that you're actually, you know, kind of passionate about. And um, it would be really cool to be paid to do it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. that would be nice. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I was like, oh, I get to, you know, um, apply for this job and talk about how much of a nut I was and, yeah, and then basically just get to do all this archiving. Of and um, I heard you mention about like uh, back then you guys actually, it was on tapes. Mm. That, that that was that, that must have been a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? To be fair, it's not too too long ago, and and to my understanding, some people are still using it. Hmm. I wonder why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The moolah, that's yeah. why. It's cheaper. Mm. But, um, yeah, no, we were doing tapes. We were dealing in tapes. So, you know, use State of Origin, for an example, a whole game, New South Wales versus Queensland was on one tape. So my job was to watch that down and note all the, you know, pivotal moments in a game, tries, penalties, blah, 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 blah. Mm. So it was all archived into the system. Wow, you have to do all the timestamps for that's the whole right. thing. And yep. not, man, that's not an easy task. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then put it all, you got to put it away. And yep. then someone actually comes yeah. to you and it's like, oh. Yeah, so say someone wants a Jared Hain try. It's already in the system. We know what tape, at what time, blah, blah, blah. We can pick it up, pluck it and put it into the story. Man, that, I imagine doing all that also like helps you to develop a very good memory. That's it. Yeah, that's it too. Because it's in your face. You're like, not only have you watched it, you've written it down. Mm. So, you know, you, you know, kind of becoming this little encyclopedia. <laughs> and like from there... So doing that, right, and then understand you actually did some other stuff first before you moved into being a sports journalist. Yeah. And so how did that whole transition come about? 
So while I was <clears throat> while I was doing the archive librarian stuff, I did you know this passion started to build that I wanted to be a, a journalist and you know all the stuff that I was now learning as a librarian I wanted to incorporate into I wanted to start writing stories. I've always loved writing. I've mm. loved um, even at school I loved English weirdo but loved it <laughs> um, and. Yeah, so I did a bit of modeling on the side to build my confidence in front of a camera, although I didn't have to, you know, speak or anything to it. It just helped me to just to feel confident because, you know, when people think of a camera, like you can be the most amazing at what you do. You get someone in front of a camera to talk about it and then zoop, like you won't get anything out of yeah. them. You know, you would know doing this job probably. Yeah, and, and like also not not only just like talking, like sometimes even performing or yeah. fighting, you know. Yes, I, I, yes. I personally know a few people who who really start to freeze under the mm. lights, you know. Everybody's looking and yeah. got the camera's around and then they're just different, Yeah, you know. So, yeah, it's just yeah. this thing that comes over people. And I had that too. I still get it now, um, but I needed to kind of, prove that I was you know strong in front of the camera and if you give me direction I can do it or I will try my best to do it um and I did a couple of um presenter platform courses which were basically just training script memorizing um acting and um yeah just telling stories in front of the camera you 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 actually mentioned you were doing modeling and you did like hair modeling mm. and, and um, you actually got to travel quite a bit yeah. and experience quite a few stuff yeah um, but what uh, kind of I was um, the the first uh, stage when you did your modeling, you mentioned that you were not paid, mm. and that is actually something that I hear quite often. Mm. You know, quite a few people or or, or ladies um, have actually told me like, you know, when you start out as a model, when you're doing all this, like you don't really get paid, and I'm like, man, that's pretty crap. You know, it's yeah. a bit unfair. Yeah, but like. I mean, you could be, even if you paid less, I think that would be at least something. I mean, you're not yeah. paid at all. Like, And yeah. you'd imagine, like, a lot of these events and whatnot, like, they're actually making money, like, a lot yes, of money. Yes, totally. And, yeah, it's it's pretty crap. Is it still the same now in this day? To my understanding, yeah, it is. And, mm. um, I mean... They do, they do exploit the fact that girls want to break into an industry and want to make it big. And you you will get, like, some images for your time. So, like, they'll send you, like, three photos that you don't get to choose from, you know, for your time for doing it and say, you know, go on your way. But there was this one time where I had done a job. I won't name the company. And then I saw the photo in a magazine. Oh, okay. And I hadn't been paid for it. Mm. And I was like, Dodgy family. You know, and now my photo's in a publication that I kind of... Not making anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they've obviously gotten something out of it and I've done the work and, you know, rented my hair to them that they shaved and coloured and whatnot and didn't mm. get anything. But, I mean, the experience was, you know, I wouldn't say priceless, but the experience was great and I got to meet, you know, some awesome people and things like that. But there does need to be a bit of education for young women starting out in that industry. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And I think like one of the other things that I think about now is I feel like in this, okay, so back then it was real hard to get like a camera, to mm. get like someone who knows how to take photos, 
um, you've got to be like somebody. You yeah. know, back in those days, it was like, man, you got to be a real special person to hold a camera, yeah. shoot a video and all that crap. <laughs> and nowadays, you can just walk yeah. in a store and you can buy this and you can learn. Yeah. And the best part about like YouTube, for example, like, you can just learn how to do it which is exactly what I did. I bought all this stuff and I was like, nah, now you learn how to do it and you do it yourself, you know? Yeah. And I think, may, well, I kind of hope that, um, you know, they, people actually step up and do it themselves. Mm. You can't just expect people to change stuff for you if you don't want to do it yourself. Yeah, you know? that's true. So like with, with access to all this stuff now and, you know, knowledge, I would say, you know, knowledge being more easily attainable mm. can actually do it. And, you know, maybe just like a group of, of friends who are all models and you guys just learn to do different things and do it yourself. And which is so cool. What was, um you know, like, I think one of the ones um uh, that I recently noticed was, you know, guys in already in the industry who've mm. had experience and then they use their experience to get their own stuff and do their own things. Yeah. Which was really cool. I think... um the recent one that comes to mind was the brother uh, Lan Savali, who um, he's the dancer. Mm. Who uh, I'm sure you're aware of him, or you. Is this the the guy? He always has different colored hair. Hey guys, Ali here. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your love and your support. If you're not already on board, please do follow us on here and share it with your friends and family. If you prefer a visual experience, our videos are actually up on YouTube at the Ali channel. Please don't forget to subscribe, like and share and leave a comment or feedback if you like. And also you can follow us on our socials at the underscore Ali underscore channel for Instagram and on our Facebook page at the Ali channel. We'll see you soon and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. Lance of Ali, yep. he is a um, apparently now a very famous dancer. Um, he dances for like Chris Brown. I have heard Rihanna. of him. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And uh, yes, local, you know, local boy from Auckland uh, of Samoan heritage. Um, and yeah, he, he was on that recent uh, Savage, uh, was it Savage or the Fenty show, was it? That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rihanna, Rihanna, Rihanna. Rihanna's, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, on, was it on Prime? I think it was on Amazon Prime or something like yeah. that. Yeah, but... Um, and he came back and I just saw recently he helped one of the uh, artists here to produce his music video. Cool. And he was like involved in the whole thing. He was the, I think if I'm not wrong, he was the producer. It might be wrong, but mm. yeah, he was the producer. He helped all of that. And I was like, man, that's so cool. Yeah, like, that's He has awesome. all this knowledge, all this experience mm. and, you know, just to put it and help a brother out yeah. you know, from your home. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's so cool. And uh, I think, I hope that, you know, the other... I think the other kind of struggle is, well, obviously there is a lot of money behind yep. doing it for a big company. Mm. And, you know, when you're helping your mate and like someone who's not really there yet, like yeah. there's not big financial <laughs> rewards for those stuff, yeah. you know. And like, like for, for example, you know, I don't want, like we don't say names, but like, for example, what I'm doing here, like mm. I'm not making, you know, any money at all. Yeah. And, but, it, and the thing is, I've come to understand that like, it's a big sacrifice for people yeah. to, to do those stuff. But it is. I think that if, when you genuinely want to help other people, like, it's like karma. You yes. Know? I actually spent, um, are, you, are you big into believing, like, you know, the I karma am? and all that stuff? Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually spent quite a, a lot of time living in Bali. I used mm -hmm. to live in Bali for a while. And, you know, you when you mix with the people there, the locals there and all that, like, 
and that was where I think I I really learned like the value of karma, you mm. know, and how they're big into doing good and helping other people. Yeah, and it kind of comes back your way. Um, but yeah, you know, I think like um, I feel like you know, if people go out and do that, like there there always be something they'll get in return. Mm. Like, I mean, like what you said, you know, with getting connections, building friendships, and you know those experiences. But at the same time, I feel that people should be, you know, especially when they're doing modeling like this, I feel that they should be compensated. Yeah, totally. Um, hopefully, it will change in time. Yeah. But yeah, we can only see. Um, so with you know doing up to where you were, you know, getting to being a sports journalist and all that, what are that like some of your biggest highlights so far or in that particular role? I've had. I've had a few. Like Ooh. I find it ha- well. I I say I've had a few because I feel so passionate about every story that I tell. Exactly. You know. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> like you know when you when you talk to somebody and you just this conversation is very different to that conversation, but they're both awesome in their own right. Like, exactly. and it's hard to put a label on which one is kind of better. Like I've had I've had interviews stronger than others or scandals or dramas bigger than others (laughs) but i wouldn't still i I still wouldn't put it on a on a measuring thing where yeah this was the the highlight of my career like the the experiences are the highlights probably more so than um you know comparing the stories like um i was very fortunate to travel to the cricket and netball world cup in 2019 for Mm. work so that was cool because i got to you know the experience was just amazing i've never been to the other side of the world before and yeah, I was going to say, cool. <laughs> doing this job that you do, you must be, uh, you know, like, uh, paid to travel quite a yeah. bit. Yeah, or not quite. A, I mean, through New Zealand, yeah, but not okay. around the world. I mean, that was probably <laughs> was, was that the only? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, would you, like, would you be open to, like, traveling overseas and all that? Oh, yeah. I mean, and again, it depends what's happening and what I'm actually chasing i'm mm. i'm a really big believer in um like if i can't put 100 percent into something if i'm not fully on board with it then i'm not going to do it justice because at the end of the day you know what i do is capturing you know a team a coach an athlete you know and a moment in time you know or you know it could be their biggest moment in their career or something like that so if if I know and I know myself that I can tell that story the best, then I'm 100% invested. Mm. So it would depend. It would depend what I'm going over there for, for. to do. Like, I mean, if they were like, oh, Ravinda, we're going to send you to Spain. And I'm like, yes. And then they're going to go and it's for tiddlywinks. I'm like, Ooh. you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I want to, Spain would be amazing, but how am I going to, am I the best person yeah. to do that job? Would, would, you, would it actually have an impact in your career or would you say the magnitude of the story? I think the, the magnitude in terms of of them, the person that I'm going mm. to, to deal with because, you know, when I walk away from any story, um, you know, I think to myself, have I done them justice? When they watch that on the news or whatever, they, wherever they're going to watch it, are they going to say, yeah, that, that is exactly what it was, that was the intent, that, that was the moment, or are they going to say, she doesn't know what the hell she is talking about. Why was she even here? Or, you know, like, but I know that if I'm, if I go and talk to someone and I'm passionate about it, that hopefully they're very proud of the product. 
Mm-hmm. And like talking about um, you know like traveling and going away, how how has it been for you? Like you know leaving behind your um, your husband and your mm. kids, being away for like so far it's been like maybe days at a time. Like mm. hasn't been like more than weeks or. Well, the trip to UK was a month. Oh yeah, five, four or five yeah. weeks. How how did you handle that? So um, the first week was great. Like, <laughs> like I get there and I'm like, oh my god, I'm in London. This is amazing. <laughs> but you know, the novelty mm-hmm. wears off, and it's it's lonely. You know, you're there by yourself, and you're like at a World Cup. You know, you have a TVNZ reporter there, you have a News Hub reporter there and, you know, a couple of newspaper um, fringe guys there as well. But you're actually all there competing to tell the Mm. best story as well. So you're there together, but you're not, Mm. you know, like you're kind of keeping your cards close. So you can't really, um, it's not a social time Mm. and it's not like you can go out and party and whatever because you have to get up the next morning, the next day go to Lord's Cricket Ground, watch the next game and, and report and do it all over again. So Yeah, I, w- I, w- I would want to say, like, it must be very competitive because mm. you're all, well, you you got to have, like, a variety of stuff to talk about as well. Cause, yeah. And I, w- I want to say, like, I don't know what the environment is like. I've never experienced it, but, like, I would imagine it's quite stressful. Everybody's fighting for the mic. Yeah. You know, who gets the mics first? Who gets the juiciest question? Yeah. And if you even get the mic at all. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's like, so how, is, how do you, in that environment, how do you like handle all that? Or how do you make sure that you have like, okay, now we've got like 50 over people. Yeah. How do you ensure that you've traveled there or you've went there and yeah. you get the mic and you get to ask your question? Yeah. So the, the first thing, the one big thing that I took away from that experience was because obviously there was times where I didn't get the mic and not. I was actually in a room with 200 other journalists from all around the world. And um, I put my hand up and they come around with a mic and you you get to ask your question. But, you know, there's a lot of times they either didn't give me the mic or said, yep, you're next. And But old mate next to me wants to ask five questions and because he's a big, you know, BBC or whatever guy, he can just carry on and then time's up and then that's it kind of thing. But what I learned from that was before I go into those situations again, and I've done it ever since, is building rapport with the media people themselves, letting them know you're there, letting them know who you're with, letting them know um, what your intention is for that press conference and trying to trying to befriend them. Yeah, like, I was hey, going to say. Hey. I was gonna, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. always have to have connections with the people who That's call it. the shots when you go yeah. to these places. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, you want to make friends with the person who's walking around with the mic. Yeah. <laughs> no, but then the, even that person, they have to go where they're told to go. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. even if I So go find to. the big boss and, uh, like, make yourself known. Yeah. Here's a cup of tea. Say, hey, look, hi. You give the handshake yeah. and you squeeze it a little bit. You've got to remember my name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, I'd imagine that's um that's like pretty tough, you know, being in that whole media. It's a very rough mm. kind of environment. Everybody's like, yeah, like what you said, you know, like you're all smiling to each other and all of that, but yeah, know, it's like a dog eat dog and environment. Because I'm over there, obviously, I was still a rookie, mm. and um, cricket is not my Man, forte. They just chucked you in the deep end. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but because I was the netball reporter, okay, but because they couldn't send two reporters to England. I had oh. to cover the cricket and the netball, which were, they were back to back. So oh. that's why I was there for so what, long. Why couldn't they send it to you for? <laughs> <laughs> money, money. Don't want to spend on. the money. But in that 
in that moment though, I kind of thought, you know, I'm here with all these cricket heads and, you know, when Virat Kohli walked into the room, like I don't play cricket or I'm not a big cricket specialist, but my dad's Punjabi and cricket has always been on in our house growing up. And he is like, <laughs> you know, so when he walked in the room, I was like, am I going to ask Virat a question? Cause like, I'm just blown away that he's in the room. Like, what do you call it when a celebrity walks a in? Starstruck. And, yeah, starstruck. Yeah. I was starstruck when he walked in the room and I felt like such a dick. Mm. <laughs> I was like, I'm supposed to be there or professional, mm. get ready to ask him a question. And I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't even it try. Takes, it takes a while to warm up. Like, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. So I saw him like two, three times and I saw him in um, Manchester kind of lose his wig a bit when he was out in the semi-final against New Zealand. So I was like, oh yeah, I can ask him a question now. Okay. <laughs> He's a bit human now. Okay, yeah, I can talk to him now. <laughs> He's got a tip. And at the back yeah. of your mind, you're thinking, man, if I ask the wrong question, my dad is going to be on yeah? me. Yes, and I this was thinking is, that. And that, and that punishment is going to go on for years. <laughs> oh no. No, he was fine as long as yeah. I bought him I bought him the shirt. So. Oh uh, yeah, and yeah. the signature as well, the autograph. Oh, no. there wasn't an autograph. No. I, I didn't have a vivid on me, but oh. he got a polo, he got a polo. But at least, um, well, you know, now next time you take the uh, take the item and the uh, Sharpie <laughs> as well. Don't like this that. crazy fan and look totally uncool to the other reporters. Yeah, but, but... I, I know, you know, I, I completely understand that, you know, and, you know, sometimes you, it's it's a bit funny. You have friends or mates and like, hey, can you help me get this signature yeah. of that? And yeah, like, I get that all the time. I'm like, I'm not going to get all the signature <laughs> for you, man. If yeah. you want to go get it yourself, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like, but, you know, sometimes you, you know, you have very good friends and it's quite hard to say no. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you're fine. but some of the athletes you deal with, they're, you know, you know the ones that are cool like that and won't even think twice yeah. to do it for yeah, you. Yeah, they'll just do it. But there are others you're just like, mm-mm, nope, yeah, to, not doing like, that. For mm. me personally, like, I don't know, I feel I'll be like quite annoyed if people kept coming up to you and yeah. asking you to sign this and sign that and take yeah. photos and whatnot. But uh, do, you, do you get that? Like, um, you know, being on TV, people mm. obviously see you when, uh, you know, you we talk about Sky Sport, you know, you have a lot of viewers. Yeah. What are the numbers like? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Good question. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you guys have a lot of viewers and all that. Like, do you get mm. that? Like when you walk around in public and, um, you know, people say, hey, that's that, you know, that's that lady from Sky. She's the... No. Nah. I get like... Not yet. I get like people going... <laughs> oh, okay. Like that, mm -hmm. but not... um. Yeah, I'm not a rock star. So. Not, not yet. Soon. Soon, maybe. How long have you been um like... In front of the camera, you'd say. In front of the camera since 2016? Four, five, four, four years and yeah, a bit. Ish. Mm. Yeah, ish. Yeah, I think, I think usually like, yeah, it'll take like maybe a couple more years and more people will start Household to recognize name. you. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, who knows, eh? I think that's the other one as well. Like, oh, because Kai is not, uh, it's not like a... The main main channels, what was that? What do you call it here? Free to air, or yeah, yeah. free to air TV. Mm. So, but well, the premium subscribers know who you are, so <laughs> yeah. that's that's not that's not too bad. Um, like what? Okay, talking about that. Obviously, we talked about the the, the highlights. You know, all the rainbows and mm. sparkles and all that. <laughs> and I want to ask, like, what are the challenges, man? Like, what's ha what has been the toughest challenges for you mm. being in that industry? Or this job that you're doing? Well, it's funny you ask that because when I look at your shirt, CKB, I think of MMA. And I've been one, I've been trying to front foot the sport in particular in broadcast, you know, for longer than I've been on TV or 
I've actually been a reporter. I've been trying, it's been put, trying to push those sports, which back then was um, out of the box sports. So now it's slowly starting to make its way mainstream, but it was getting those sports, the, the airtime and the recognition. That's probably the biggest challenge that I've ever tried to, like it is hilarious to think that once upon a time I was fighting to do a story about Izzy. Wow, really? Yeah. Man. And like, who is that guy? We don't know who that guy is. And I'm like, he's fighting for a title on Glory. We have to have him. We have to do the story. Yeah, and even Glory is a big organization right? in itself. But not here. No, I mean, inside the fight bubble, yes. Mm. Inside, if you talk to anyone to do with, yeah. you know, any, it is to them. But not to, you know, old mate living in mm. Mainstream, the country uh, or yeah. whatever, you know? So that's been a big, big, big struggle. And yeah, so it was about building like the trust of my producers to trust in me that you know what I'm saying here is a story and newsworthy um but I've had that also you know with other sports um that people don't really give too much attention to mm. but mm. are producing these amazing athletes like uh, for example when you say for for MMA I understand you've uh, previously done a uh, interview with Izzy um and it's, it's funny to think that um, he is might probably be the one who kind of pushed everything out. Yeah. And, you know, more of the other MMA fighters get mm. recognition now. And, like, you know, like Dan and all that. Um, yeah, like, it's the other one that... Uh, man, I don't know if I should talk about this, but okay. Anyway, <laughs> since we got into it, the other one that kind of, you know, pissed me off a little bit and... Uh, mm. Now, some people might not want to say, but it's, you know, with this whole quarantine and, you know, this ad booking and all this, you know, yeah. good stuff yeah. that's going on, okay? And we have, you know, fighters who are going abroad to mm. compete on the world stage, mm -hmm. carrying the New Zealand flags. Yeah. And what uh, annoys me a little bit is not, these people are not getting help from the relevant pe mm. parties or uh, maybe people in government to kind of help to process and facilitate. And, you know, I don't want to say that they need to be given like real special treatment and all that, but, you know, you have some of the other organized sports organizations that have things made a lot easier for them. Yeah. Man, they practically don't have to do anything. Like, mm. you know, and... So, like, you know, for me, when I look at, like, for example, the recent one would be coaches being not able to go to corner their fighters. Mm. That really got to me because, like, imagine now mm. you train the whole team of the All Blacks mm. and then, uh, oh, we can't get enough spaces in quarantine. So five of you are going and playing for the rest of us. Mm. Like, that doesn't work. That would never happen. And that's what kind of gets to me now is why is there not people from the government or from places or chairs of power who are trying to help mm. facilitate for the boys or the girls who are going away to fight, you know, yeah. for their coaches and all that. Like, I'm not saying they give them free stuff. Like, they'll pay and they'll still do it, but just help to yeah. facilitate this, you know. Like, yeah. There's a few things that need to be taken into consideration on behalf of these guys is that they've been representing New Zealand for many years now. Mm. And it's not like they're not contributing 
back to, you know, how, you know, it's all about um, the economy and what is, you know, going to, if it wasn't for these guys, people wouldn't be looking at New Zealand as um, a viable place to breed these MMA fighters, which gives us, you know, a world spotlight. Yeah, exactly. And it feels like the community are the only ones woke to this. And that when, you know, when people like Izzy do stand up and say, you know, we are doing these things for our country on this stage and we get no recognition, but that comes back, you know, to, I have to say quite carefully, but mm. it comes back to organisations like mine that, you know, where we set a tone, you know, that although they might not be, you know, away fighting on Fight Island right now, that it, the sport doesn't just stop and fall over. Exactly. That it is a full-time job, it is a full-time gig, and they are travelling on behalf of our country. And that, you know, with the virus changing, the bar has been changing with it. So, I mean, I don't know. It's, yeah, like, it's, it's bloody... Yeah. yeah, and like, you know what I mean? City kickboxing, when, when people talk city kickboxing now, like from around the world, they know. It's from Auckland, New Zealand best MMA gym in the world yeah. in the world and yeah. like how is it our own country is not supporting our athletes who are going mm. and who have built this or got the gym to the standard that it is yeah. put New Zealand on the map not just the gym but like the whole mm. country on the map and the country is not doing anything to help because yeah. like, they aren't going away to go on holiday they're leaving here to go to work you know this is their job and they're leaving here it's, it's an employment thing I mean imagine if um, Izzy was told, oh, you can go, but you can't come back in the country for two months. And, you know. Which is what uh, Dan situation right is right now. <laughs> yeah. And he's got a family and, and a child and, and a business to run and all those things. Anyway, talking about Dan, since we're there, what, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, his, well, I understand you did an interview with him before he had his yeah. fight. And um, what, what, what are your thoughts now and, uh, after the fight? Uh, so watching the fight, I'll start there. I just thought, oh, mate, I felt I felt horrible for him. That is 100% not the result that he would want to want to have and, and against that opponent. But at the same time, it's the fight game, you know, and anything can happen in the fight game. It's, you know, you have a 50% chance when you walk into the octagon, and Dan is well aware of that, that that could be a possibility that could happen. But um, I'm... I'll admit when he left his gloves in there, I was really, really worried. I was like, Dan, oh, no, Dan, do no. Not, do not hold, do not go anywhere near the microphone. Walk away. I saw like, um, yeah, uh, you know, unfortunately that wasn't the result then. Like we were watching with the boys from mm. the gym. We all had, uh, you know, one of the boys plays, we were all watching. And like when that happened, we just, everybody was just quiet. Like, yeah. Just, oh, just silence. Yeah. Like, we couldn't, say anything and mm. we all just jammed like we mm. li literally was like jammed for like a minute or two like nobody yeah. said nothing it was yeah. quiet and man i just like i didn't know what to say and then when i saw him like starting to take out his gloves i was yeah. like no 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 no, no, no 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 yeah do not say anything <laughs> man like you know because yeah. that's a well, take your gloves off and take them with you <laughs> that's a very emotional i mean it's a very emotional moment like mm. high high pressure high stress yeah um, obviously you'd be disappointed like the fight got stopped and he's a very proud man. He's a very proud fighter and he's, you know, represented New Zealand and, you know, he's gone over there without his, you know, the coach, without his corner and, you know, it all. And then that was the result. Like after all this, he's done all this work to still get there despite 
everything. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I, like, I mean, I, I don't know if a, a lot of people might not understand like how the fight was going or what was going on, but mm. the fight started really well. Yeah, like, yeah, he did. was doing really well. Totally. He was very calm, mm. very composed. He was doing exactly yeah. what he needed to do. But one of the other things that I noticed maybe for me perhaps was that uh, Chandler was really pushing and trying to rush it. And yeah. every shot that he was throwing, he was throwing with, it was like 101%. Yeah. He was trying, like you could see from very clear and might be a little bit different to some of his other fights. So mm. you actually, if you have, go and look at like a few of his other fights, that's not usually how he goes. Mm. You know? but then again, Especially every, when you think about what Dan can bring if you try and do that. Oh, yeah. that I was thinking as well. And um, <laughs> so he he had, a, a you know, as for what Eugene was saying, he had a, a bit of a different game plan this time, a bit more composed, mm. a bit more thinking. And yeah. he was doing all of that. It was going really well. And, you know, Chandler, I mean, hats off to him. He It was his UFC debut. He didn't want to, yeah. you know, he wanted to make full use of it. The card he was on, the size of this pay-per-view and mm-hmm. like, you know, he was he was throwing every shot with you know bad intentions, like hundred one percent. There was no, he wasn't starting slow. No. You know, and usually that was what, usually for a, like a fight like that, you don't yeah. want to press too hard, too fast. That's right. But yeah, you know, you get caught, and yeah, just it's you know if it, it lands in the right space, it. it can put any man down. You yep. know, as as hard of a, a chin as you have, mm. you know, unfortunately it was quite sad. But yeah, I mean. Glad he didn't take the microphone and didn't talk after that. So <laughs> since, <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I I think he, I actually I don't know. I feel like sometimes for me personally, uh, when you take a loss like that, or you know, when when something like that happens, I feel like it's better to take some time off yeah, and just totally. be quiet and totally. you know just recoup and you know mm-hmm. think about things. You need to process it first, exactly, and then yeah. be of. Uh, you know, like a sound mind to kind of react mm. to it. And to be honest, he doesn't owe anyone a damn thing. He doesn't owe anyone exactly. an explanation. Everyone watched the fight. Everyone saw what happened. What, you know, what could Dan say to, to change it? Absolutely nothing. So he'll talk when he wants to talk. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think, yeah, like, especially that was from the fight that it kind of got to me a little bit, you know, mm. had not, not being able to have your coaches yeah. there, you know, in your corner. I understand, like, you know, even Dan, man, you know, what, what thing is, like, these guys, all of them, Eugene, Dan, and, like, they're all really humble. They're really nice people, you know, and mm. they won't say it, but, man, I can say whatever I want. So, <laughs> man, I just, it just pisses me off. Like, it's the, the fact that they are unable to do so. They will, they will. And, as like, what Eugene said, he would never want to not be able to go yeah. but the circumstances put it in such a way it's so difficult for them to go mm. and if he does go for that he's going to be away for so long he can't train the other fighters so many of these other boys are depending on their coaches you know like their team and the fact that I mean I, I would like to say that sometimes your coaches can see things that you can't yeah you know it's a, a friend of mine actually had this really good reference it's uh, but you know he says like when a burp poops on your head like you can't see it you know someone you know what I mean like that's that's a really like layman (laughs) explanation but Mm. this friend of mine he used to say this to me uh, when things were happening or you know that's what he would say to me and I I really when that when that whole thing happened that just came back to me and I was Mm. like man it's so true like if you had someone man obviously as intelligent as Eugene Behrman 
this guy probably sees things three steps ahead yeah. of other people, you know. Yeah. I, some, some of the big thoughts that was in my head was like, man, I felt that Eugene could have seen what he was trying to do and Possibly, at least yeah. given him, given him some form of, yeah. uh, a word, you know, uh, some words or whatever, their I code agree. words or whatever they use yeah. to kind of alert him, hey, look, this guy is trying to set this up. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, that really got to me. Mm. Um, because it's different. I mean, you can go, you can go to a fight. I mean, here I am talking like I'm a UFC fighter, but you can go, to a, <laughs> you can go to a fight. You know, with the best plan. But mm. once you're there and you're vibing it, and it's fight week and whatever, you know, you you are having those different discussions. You're having that, you know, what you're saying about Eugene, that wisdom that, you know, he can see things, he can feel things now because it's it's the environment. Mm. So, yeah, you gotta you gotta feel for Dan that he wasn't able to to have that but at the same time it was not a fight that he could not do you know mm. like he this was an important part of of his yeah UFC he took journey. great pride in like you know taking that fight when yeah. nobody else wanted you yeah know? And exactly he took that challenge he took that you know and he's a like what he says you know he's a gambling man mm. which is so true <laughs> you know like <laughs> this is kind of the sport that it's it's well i wouldn't not it's, there's a certain part of it that's like a gamble, mm. but you know he was willing to take all the risk. Yeah, he was willing to take it all on. So yeah. heads off to him. I'm sure he's gonna come back stronger. I think he's gonna, you know, he's gonna work on a few things and like what Eugene said, fix a few of these mistakes. And um, yeah, I definitely look forward to him fighting. The, you know, some of the top in the world. Yeah, totally. And he's already in that. We talk. He's in that conversation. Yeah. He's in the top ten. And know? even after this fight, he hasn't dropped out of it either. Yeah, and to Which think of great. like, you know, the performance that Dustin Poirier actually did, mm. knocking out Conor McGregor in the second round, and you look at the fight that, you know, then I would say, you know, it, w- it was a relatively close fight, mm. which, um, you know, Dan had with Dustin Poirier. And I don't know if you remember, but there was, I think it was the second round, Dan was almost close, very yeah. close to stopping yeah. him. Yeah. And that just plays back in my head. But, you know, <laughs> styles makes fights, different fighters have yeah. different, you know, um, they, they, they square out, um, you know, differently against mm-hmm. each other. But when I when I when that happened and I looked at that, I was like, man, that'd be interesting if that yeah. happens again. Yeah. You know? um, hey guys, Ali here. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your love and your support. If you're not already on board, please do follow us on here and share it with your friends and family. If you prefer a visual experience, our videos are actually up on YouTube at the Ali channel. Please don't forget to subscribe, like and share and leave a comment or feedback if you like. And also you can follow us on our socials at the underscore Ali underscore channel for Instagram and on our Facebook page at the Ali channel. We'll see you soon and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. I don't know if you were aware of, uh, you know, being in this whole media news, sort of news industry um, of the recent um, drama that, uh, man, that was, I want to say drama, maybe drama is not the right word. But um, what happened on radio of uh, John Banks, who made some... Oh, yes, ooh, I'm aware. Ooh, mm. yeah, let's talk about it. Let's <laughs> talk about it. But um, yeah, about John Banks and the caller and the remarks that was said yeah. on live radio. Because I understand you were with Radio RNZ for a while. Before I was with RNZ yeah. yep, for a long time. And this, I think this one was Magic Talk. Magic Talk? Yeah, I think Magic Talk was radio, the name. Yeah. Used to be Radio Live. Okay. Now magic talk mm. on that and um that's no magic in that dog at all. Yeah. And you can see, you know, everyone trying to 
or scramble is probably a harsh word, but, you know, all the other commentators and presenters trying to, you know, um, I don't know, put things out there to show that this is not, you know, the opinion of the organisation as a whole. It's not our opinion. This is what happened on that um, talk and that does not reflect, you know, our values and principles, which I think is really cool but it's just like toothpaste once it's out of the tube it is very hard to put back mm. especially right now when it's so fresh it makes me cringe even thinking about it man that's <laughs> i don't like uh, who, who was the guy who actually called in who was that joker i don't know was he someone like a, a like a, a public figure or was he just like a normal i and i understood it to be a caller just like a, someone a random caller yeah. yeah but yeah anyway i was oh man i was thinking like if that was an, a guy who was in a pub fuck, man, <laughs> what the? Yeah. but yeah it's like his his reply was what shocked me even more i was like what mm. you know you being in that position and you know you, i would imagine you say something about what this guy is saying. Yeah. Like, he just, shut it down. And this fella just fucking added on to it. I was like, what the heck? This is a former mayor. Yeah. And, well. um, Person of the people, apparently. Yeah. And uh, I, I was talking with uh, some colleagues of mine and we we were talking about this and my mate was asking me, is he a white guy? Is he an old white guy? <laughs> oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. And I was like, yeah. man, and it's, that kind of got to me as well. Like what my mate said, like it seems like that's a general thing. Mm, that's the profile. Yeah. That's what oh, people expect. My goodness. And I would imagine this Joker probably is, you know, he's been in New Zealand for his whole life. And mm. if you kind of still be, you know, thinking that way, that, that's a problem. You know? uh, to be on that platform and to say that on your platform is to be so comfortable. Is that, is that like a big, do they have like a lot of like listeners and stuff yep. like that? Shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's not they good. They do. That's not good. Just up the road. Oh. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was really, I was disappointed to hear it. I think even if you weren't <laughs> Māori, you were disappointed to hear it. And. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. Take you, yeah, exactly. It was just it was bloody, you know, a human issue, mm. a human race type issue. Um, but, you know, this is, these are the types of things that happen. And then we try to say that we don't have this problem here in New Zealand. Like, you know, now that educate, the word education comes up again where, you know, people in schools need to learn about this, that and the other. But it comes back to kind of what I was saying before about being from South Auckland and the perception of the people within that community, the Māori and the Pacific Island communities and what we on our platforms, how we portray those communities and those people like and that's what we do that's what media does like if you if there's like a car chase and they crash in um Otahuhu, which is not south auckland which is actually under auckland city council a crash in you know drunk driver south auckland drunk driver da 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 so it's those little things that you know when we hear this we're like outraged but as a community in media and broadcast, we actually don't do those little things right anyway. And we label people in the way we describe things happening in mm. the world, which doesn't help, which I think sometimes 
when you read things like that and you think that that's the perception of people, you do think that it's you're free to speak that way because it's kind of what's happening. happening. Exactly. It's a, this isn't anything new. It's just disgusting to hear it. Mm. On the platform that he has. What do you think the... Okay, realistically, is there anything that's going to happen to him? Like, is he going to be cut off radio or are they still going to have him? Like he has there? been cut from what I oh, he has understand. Been. Yeah, he's okay. been pulled off um, the air. Um, but I don't know. Like I said, that toothpaste thing, that's really hard to... I don't... Like, I actually, I even went as deep as to looking at different radio stations mm. and looking at their commentators and presenters and who they are and what they, I'm like, you know, okay, how many Māori and Pacific Island people are actually talking on these shows that mm. all of our people listen to? And, you know, like when I listen to something like that, I feel like it's not safe for me to listen to that. Like, mm. it's not safe for me as a person because I'm like, is this the perception that people have of my people like is this how you really think why would I listen to you now you know so I was going through like different websites of different radio stations and having a because you usually have a list of people that talk on air and I was just like none of them look like me mm. and the other thing as well is like with the younger generation now obviously like I mean like for myself man, I really listen to radio mm. like in this day and age like yeah. even when you're driving like Chances are you listen to your music. It's so easy to have your phone connected to your car, mm. play your music, listen to your podcast, listen to your audio books or whatever. I feel like, um, I don't know, I feel like radio is not as what it was, mm. but still there is a large number of people who still consume yeah. this content yeah. from radio. See, we wouldn't have known that this had even happened had it not gone on social media, right? Exactly. <laughs> Thank goodness for social media. Yeah. Because it used, it used to be, well, if you think about it, it used to be a time where people could say whatever and like, was it really, it might have been recorded, maybe mm. not. And if anything were to have come out and someone were to speak up about it and say, hey, look, this person said this, 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 this. Mm. Contact radio station, make a complaint and radio station can just turn around. Sorry, we don't have any recordings. Yeah, yeah. Which is not the case because we know that. Chances are everything's recorded. Yeah. But they can just turn around and say, sorry, we don't have it. And, you know, mm. damage control. There's, <laughs> there's a bit of damage control damage there, control. you know. <laughs> but now, like, if once it's recorded, can't run away. Like, it's dead. Yeah. Man, but uh, man, I'm glad to hear. I, I, I didn't know the follow-up of what happened to that guy. But um, to yeah. my understanding, oh, I'm not sure yeah. of anything. Oh, we might be wrong. Okay. Of anything. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty much... Guarantee yeah. he's not going to be, he won't on be radio. back on air. But, like, yeah. but at the same time. Thank goodness yeah. they got rid of that fella. Yeah, yeah it's. And like, it, it, it makes you a little bit worried as well. Like, if this guy said this now and it was recorded and shared, I'm just thinking of all the other, I don't know how many years or how however long this guy's been on mm. and the ideas or the types of conversation that he has pushed out mm. and kind of, like, when you, like, for example, when you listen to radio, like, every day, yeah. after a period of time, you feel like you build a connection with this person when you've never yes. spoke to this person before. I totally agree with that. And yeah. you tend to align your, well, depends, not all, but you tend to align your ideologies, mm. you know, in the same kind of, uh, uh, views as this person yeah 
And I just get worried. Like, man, this guy has probably influenced mm. a lot of people to think and act in this yeah. way. Yeah, when people are free to talk and share their ideas and interact with listeners or viewers or whatnot, like what we're doing right mm. now, you can't really escape who you are and your values and beliefs, and mm. you kind of put it all out there for all to bear, you know, for it to bear. And when, like, you think you know them because you actually do that. These people are talking to you every day. Um, about you know what they've seen, what they've heard, what they've experienced, what they think about it. So then when you do hear something like this, that's exactly what you would think. Mm. Okay, so this guy, obviously this has been the way he has thought and gone about life and has been his idea of you know this um, group of people. Yeah, oh well, anyway, let's not give this guy any more attention than he <laughs> needs to. Jumping back to the whole combat, sport now mm -hmm. uh, i understand you do a bit of boxing yourself and yeah. uh, you're quite into boxing and all yeah, that i love it so uh, how, how's that how's that whole experience with like boxing and all that are you training for a uh, to like have a corporate fight or stuff like that i'm or? hoping to yeah oh, okay so i'm training with um henry schuster and mm. um, oh that's actually uh junior's uh ex or previous yes. trainer yeah 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 so he, he's out at um he was a trainer at shane cameron's gym and he's out with us in howick at the box office so shout out crew um, but yeah, no, we're trying to get a little team together. Well, the gym's trying to get a little team together to um, have a look at some corporate fights this year and get the get the gym humming and the level of boxing up a bit. But yeah, it's how, awesome. how, how do you how do you feel like uh, you know you obviously um, being in the position where you are like you know you don't want to sustain too many injuries yep. to them. <laughs> <laughs> the money maker. <laughs> I was gonna say, like for me, it doesn't matter if I break a nose or my face is crooked, because you know it's not, a, it's not, it's not bigger as big of an impact. Yeah. But like for yourself and the platform that you are on, yeah, uh, your your bosses might be a bit worried when yeah. they you're trying to get. <laughs> I actually haven't said this out loud before, so we may have a problem now. No, possibly, possibly. <laughs> nah, no, I don't worry about that. I absolutely love it. Like, I feel like I have a a special relationship with boxing um and a just a big respect for the sport is there a reason why boxing not kickboxing yeah um so a few years ago i um saw this post on facebook diamonds in the ring so it was a promotion still is a promotion run by daniela smith um Ooh, and yes, yeah, yeah. With, and oh. actually i came here to this building for my very first training session for that wow. card yeah once upon a time and um yeah and it was to raise money for the women's refuge mm. which is something i was really passionate about so i was like oh i'll go down there and i'll see what it's all about and um yeah it just went from there it turned like all these people showed up got split into two teams and um at the end of the what was it 12 weeks we're all going to be matched up and we fight on this corporate card at, at the aba mm. And um, it was cool because um, I got to meet, you know, a lot of um, women who had been affected by domestic violence, either, you know, themselves or um, their mums or their sisters or their aunties or whatever. And um, we're all there, you know, on the same kaupapa for the Women's Refuge. So um, I myself have gone through, you know, I've called myself a survivor of domestic violence once upon a time. And um, so it was kind of like therapeutic 
mm. in a sense where it kind of had nothing to do with the boxing at the time and we all like spoke this language that I've never been able to experience with anyone else before because I'd never been comfortable to talk about my story or my journey with it and whatever and then I'd ended up in this place you know um, where boxing was incorporated and it were kind of it was kind of the vessel to to you know help me let go of a lot of demons so yeah um yeah i think that's you know like that's why i feel um that women should like get into you know they as parents you know a lot of parents don't want their daughters to go into that because you know that's not a female sport like mm. you don't do that like th- that's why i feel like well, i say this because i have a daughter but um <laughs> I think that women like need to at least learn the basics because mm. like, you know, you, you talk about like being a, a victim, you know, mm. if put it this way, like, I mean, obviously men and women are not like, they don't, it's just physically, it's different, you know, you're yeah. just built different. But what if, uh, uh, you know, women or, or girls know how to fight or know how to protect mm. themselves better I think that could be a big uh, factor in, yeah. in you know, to stop the yeah. kind of abuse happening. Well, when you say that, I 100% agree. But I think the biggest thing I got, I still get out of it, mm. is the psychological strength that I get Ooh, from it too. Yeah, like, I mm. just feel like after every training session, like... I'll get in the car and I'm driving home and I'm just singing. I'm so happy. Mm. I'm just, it just takes me to a place where I just feel so strong and confident and um, I back myself, you know, I back myself like I never backed myself before because I don't know, like boxing just takes me there, like, mm. like mentally as well. Mm. Yeah. I think like, um, yeah. And, like for, I was asking why kickboxing, uh, why boxing not kickboxing. Mm. The other one is like you know for myself I just didn't want to get kicked in the face. I just joke, <laughs> yeah, that's a plus. I, I just I, I just joke about this all the time. But yeah, I just don't want to get kicked. I do. In the face. I do enjoy kickboxing yeah. though. Mm. I do enjoy it. Right, no kicks yeah. to the face. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I'm pretty tall, which is a plus. Though. Oh yeah, it, it actually does. It does help a lot. Um, but yeah, you know, to to think about that like, uh, and. I think this is the other one that, um, you know, I hear a lot of females talk about is the pressure of walking into the gym for the first time. Yes. And especially yeah. like if it's not uh, just like a female only uh, session mm. or female only gym, the more pressure there is. Yeah. Because, you know, you have all these guys, you know, yeah. some, you know, like they look like they're going to kill each other, yeah. you know, like, and then you want to walk into that environment. It's not easy. Mm. But uh, which is also why, like, uh, you know, you had um, Nairine yeah. uh, Crowley on uh, uh, your podcast mm-hmm. or your show as well. And yeah. uh, talking about that and what she's doing and how she wants to, like, go out and help, you know, yeah. women in New Zealand uh, be more confident, yeah. you know, uh, be more brave, um, face, you know, and just learn mm. martial arts. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, the representation is important, you know. Like we can say, you know, we need more we need more women, we need more women, but when women can only see men there, like that's half the battle. That you know, I don't know, like 
it'll be like, you know, if a guy was to go into a class that was full of girls, they might not feel comfortable mm. too. Like, it's the familiarity and the... Although a lot know. of guys would want that, but they might... <laughs> I don't know. Whoa. I don't know. I don't know any guy who doesn't want that, something wrong with it. But okay, anyway, it might be a bit awkward, yeah. might be a bit awkward, but... It's just, it's just that common mm. ground. You know, it's just that common ground. Like, they, they can see her doing it. Okay, well... Okay, it must be all good. Like I feel, I feel good to do that too. It's like any situation when you can, when you can relate to something, you feel a bit more comfortable knowing that you, you can do it and take part too. You might get to the end of the class and go, "Oh, this isn't really for me," or see you guys tomorrow. Like, but the stepping in the door is the big. Yeah, thing. I think the other one is the fact that she's going out there, putting herself out there, mm. getting herself known, sharing this message, and doing it. Because I feel like that's what's a little bit lacking here. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you have all this incredible women around New Zealand who are doing, like, big stuff for combat yeah. sports. But I also feel like they, they, they're not coming out mm. as much. Man, there's a lot of struggles. It's not easy. You know, yeah. it's hard itself being a female combat athlete. You know, yeah. I... I I, I look at it sometimes and I understand, like, um, I was having a very long talk with uh, Gina G mm -hmm. the other day and we were talking about a lot of this stuff, you know, the, um, you know, the kind of unfair advantage that males have if they go into sports, yeah. you know, and all this sort of stuff. It's unfair, you know, and like we talk about boxing or MMA, you know, the, you know, the big discrepancy in how much you're getting paid for these fights as well, all that sort of stuff. You know, it's quite sad, like... But I think like the world itself is moving in a good direction. Yeah. Like, you know, you have, um, you know, everybody talks about like, you know, you have, f for example, like, you know, Conor McGregor or Habib or like people who, who really elevating the sport, you know, yeah. like you have Floyd Mayweather, he was like well known everywhere. And then you have um, Ronda Rousey and you have Holly Holm. And then for like boxing, you have, um, and there's a few Katie Taylor and um, Cecilia Cecilia Brick Brickhus. I don't know if that's I'm pronouncing her name right. Yeah, you probably yeah. know who Cecilia is, yeah. and how like they've done a lot for the sport. Mm. And like man, Cecilia is a she's a she was an absolute like, or she still is. Sorry, I don't yeah. want to say was. She still is an absolute uh, killer. You know, in boxing, mm. um, and like, oh, I don't know if you heard her last. She actually had a last fight which she lost. And they're having a rematch soon. Oh, yeah. okay. They're having That's a cool. rematch. Uh, Cecilia's... Um, nice. The post-fight interview, she actually was leading towards the direction of retirement. Mm. That's why I say it's very dangerous to talk after you get lost. <laughs> yeah. So she was um, she was leaning towards that direction and she was saying like, no, she's happy that this... Uh, oh, man. I forget her name. Uh, I think it's... Uh, oh, man. I can't remember her name. Jessica, maybe... Yeah, but anyway, so the uh, uh, the the person she lost to was an American uh, uh, boxer, mm. and she was saying like you know it's good she's like passed the torch and all that sort of stuff. I was like man, don't say all of that. Like think about it carefully first, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then but anyway, it's because she still I still feel like she still has a lot in her tank, mm -hmm. you know. And she's going back. She's gonna have a rematch, and I mean that's definitely a fight that I want to watch, yeah. you know. So I feel like um it's. It's moving in that direction, but it'll, it'll take a while. With all things, mm. it'll take time. But uh, yeah, I, do, I really do hope, like, you know, there's female athletes who go out there and fight and, like, you know, they sacrifice their, their, their pretty faces and getting, you know, like, they should be at least paid close to the same. Like, yeah. Or 
if they don't have like a huge following, you know, there's so many other factors that come into play. People know them. You know, are you going to bring people to yeah. watch our sport? All this sort of crap. You know, you have the business side of things as well, which we've all got to think about, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, I hope it does go move in that direction. And, um, you know, hope I, man, I hope more women across different disciplines, like, you know, you have your jiu-jitsu girls, you have your wrestling girls, you know, like, I hope like more can be done. Yeah. And I, I think the other one that... Um, to build a fight community, you've got to have more gyms, more trainers, yeah. uh, more teachers. Mm. I don't, I don't want to say. Ooh, I gotta be careful in saying the word trainers. You gotta have more teachers. That's <laughs> right, because you have, you can, you know. That's the other thing. Like you have, I think, this day as well. You have a lot of trainers, mm. but you know they're not really. Ooh, I know. I I yeah, I think not, I know what you're trying to they're say. They're not but. really teaching like the proper art of the sport. You mm. know, like it's all aerobic and like yeah. you know you want fast and yeah, you know. So I hope like there are more people who really devote themselves to learning the mm. art and then like sharing that and instilling yeah. these values in yeah. other people as well. Yeah, oh, and we don't just females. get. It'd be uh, the the one thing I'd love to see with women. Just carrying on from what you said mm. about women participating, is that when they are on these cards or they are you know selected to fight in, in whatever capacity that it's not a yay pucky pucky for your participation you know it's mm. an actual it's it's on this card and it's as legitimate as any other fight on this card sort of thing because it's kind of sometimes I feel it's you know kind of portrayed that way or you know we're ticking the the diversity box by having them on here but um yeah just the respect that they deserve. And, and it will take people like Nairine to talk about their experiences and to normalize a woman's experience. And something she said that was interesting in that podcast was, um, you know, you're made to um, be quiet and you just need to step it up and you, you want to be treated fairly, then you need to be like this. You need to be like these guys. And so that's the generation that she's come through, training in gyms full of men, um, and she does want to be treated like them and she does want to, when she comes in, she wants to be greeted just the same as them. Um, she wants when you're doing drills, like she can do the drill just as hard as this guy can. But at the end of the day, you know, there is a difference. And I think that's also something that she's trying to put across is that, you know. We were talking about Henry Schuster just now and mm. talking about Junior Farr. So Junior Farr's upcoming fight with Joseph Parker. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that <laughs> fight? I would like to hear your... What was your opinion? Um, what is your opinion and what's your prediction? Okay, God. Mm. It's tough because, oh, first of all, we haven't seen them fight in a blooming long time now. But one thing I'm really excited about is that we have these two homegrown heavyweight boxers going at it, you know, and it's going to be great for our New Zealand audience and around the world. Like, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited that... There's going to be this card with, you know, all these other fighters on it as well. And that's just, that's just awesome for the sport. <sighs> mm, prediction time. Prediction time. People are going to well, be watching and taking notes now. Because I've been like, <laughs> I, I mean, I say I'm a journalist, but I've been kind of, you know, um, studio bound with doing podcasts myself. Oh. So I haven't been able to get to gyms and watching, you know, people mm. train like I usually would if I was, you know, on the beat. Mm. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I actually do not know. Uh, you I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. Okay, who are you leaning towards? Let's, say, let's just put it there. Who are you leaning I'm towards? I'm sitting at CKB and you're asking me. 
That's a bit of pressure. I'm not gonna make it out the door. Um, Gina's actually coming in a while now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and here he is. <laughs> no, but actually, he might be coming in a while. No, just... Oh my god, stop. <laughs> okay, who are you leaning towards? Like, um, who do you think um, might be able to? Pull I it think. Off? I think both of them can pull it off. I honestly think mm. that. I think for Junior Far at this point of his career, um, a win of this magnitude for him would mm. propel him to heights that you know he would have been hoping for that opportunity for a very long time and you know a quality win against Joseph Parker who has held the belt before is that fight like and if he can do that like have the um you know the opportunity to do it at home which a lot of fighters do not get the chance to do to have a fight of this quality at home is a great 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 opportunity for Junior Far to propel himself in the rankings for Joseph Parker in my opinion I feel he needs to win this fight because of where mm. he currently lies in the rankings and um you know his kind of results over his last few fights and to stay um relevant in the division and to get the fights that he wants to get he needs a good win under his belt Mm, yeah, he's he's in a bit of a he's in a bit of a tight spot. Eh? It's a funny situation mm. for him, isn't it? Like you know, with you the know? with the lot first, the loss to uh, AJ, mm. and then the loss to uh, um, Dylan White, mm -hmm. and then he went on to have two wins. But the two wins that he's had were, I would say, the maybe the quality of the opponents. This is it. The, the you know yeah. The standard is not as high as what it was the two fights before that. And yeah. Yeah, he's in a bit of a tight spot. But And also, like, for Junior, yes, like what you said, you know, this would be, which I, I believe and I'm fully confident that he can mm. pull off a good performance. Yeah. Because I feel like it's, it's kind of like the thing where they always, um, you know, he's like the underdog, you yeah. know, going into this, especially... You know, and I can't, I can't blame, I can't blame people for thinking that way, yeah. because you know Joseph Parker was really smart in promoting himself in and out of the ring. Mm. You know, with like the, especially, I think one of the ones that um, I've actually had a few mates who 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 talked to me about his videos he did when he was in quarantine, which is really funny, and it mm. was you know it catches, entertaining, yeah, entertaining, catches yeah. your attention, and people find, oh, who's this guy? Oh, is he a heavyweight boxer? Oh man, and then they like people who don't even know about boxing or heavyweight boxing, and um, to have brought that attention, mm. you know, that was good. And like, yeah, if, like, you know, like you said, if Junior Far does pull this off, which, you know, we are confident that he will. Yeah. And pressure's on you, Junior. <laughs> no, nah, but, um, you know, he, he'll put himself uh, in a very good position. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know if you know this, but um, he was, he used to actually uh, spar with like the GB boxing team with AJ and all of that. I did read that somewhere actually. Yeah. yeah. He, he Which is did, amazing. Yeah, he did spend some time um, in, in in the UK, you know, mm. uh, training and sparring with the likes of, um, you know, AJ and then I think Joe Joyce and... Yeah, so yeah, it's not like he it's not like he hasn't well. been in front of that quality boxer before. Man, right? I tell you what, the thing is like Junior and maybe that's the other pro like Junior he used to be a very quiet boy. Hmm. You know, he he's like this huge fucking giant, you know, <laughs> it's huge. Yeah. But he's like sometimes he can be like a little bit shy. Yeah. He doesn't talk as much and hmm. I think like yeah, like like he he has been coming out a little bit more talking and like doing stuff, hmm. uh getting himself known and I hope you know, I hope that uh, 
I can help him in some way because like th- that guy is really talented, you know, and yeah. he can go he can go places, you know. And I hope more people come out to help Junior as well and, you know, to kind of give him a little bit of a boost he yeah. needs, you know, and to propel himself to... Um, but yeah, he's he's part with, you know, some of the best in the world, mm-hmm. you know, and he's fought with uh, Alexander Usyk as well, yeah. which was a really tough fight, I feel. Um, but Junior then and now... Very different. different. Yeah. yeah. I, if, I mean, to be real, I mean, I really like Alexander Usyk as well. Like, Usyk's a really talented, really smart mm. boxer, you know, coming from the same team as Lomachenko and yep. all that. But I feel that if Usyk were to fight Junior now, I feel like Junior would knock him out. Like, different, Junior can yeah. literally put him down. Mm-hmm. Like, Junior is, he's just like a truck now. Yeah. It's no playing around with that guy. And I think um, one comment that Eugene made at their press conference, I don't know if you heard, is he was saying, they, he said a few things. <laughs> Eugene, was Which one? To, Eugene was trying to stir the pot a little bit, you know. But, oh, we uh, stirred that pot, all right? <laughs> and that's what Eugene does, yeah. you know. He's smart. I think yeah. everything was really going very well. Everybody was very too polite and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And I liked what, uh, you know, uh, well, I... Not that I'm, you know, it's not a positive thing that the fight got postponed. But yeah. uh, Eugene did mention that they lost that element of surprise because they thought the junior that they saw previously, you know, the pre uh, pre camp yeah. junior, and the, the junior that turned up there, they looked completely different. Mm. And I know because I've seen, and it was very different. Yeah, he was, he was in shape, and mm. he looked like he was ready to take somebody's head off. Mm. You know, and unfortunately, things happen, certain medical conditions and stuff like that. Mm. But yeah, he he is definitely looking in good shape now, and yeah. um, we're looking forward to that fight. Would That's you be, gonna be? Would amazing. you be attending or, or from Sky or would you be involved in all of that? Well, the the fight is mm. on Spark, so it's a bit. Uh, yeah, it was. Oh yeah, it was on Spark Spot. Yeah. Is yeah, that, yeah. So oh, Spark's right. got the rights to that one, uh, which will be. Um, but wouldn't like? Oh, I'm other not gonna media... miss the fight. Yeah. Yeah, I won't yeah. be missing that. So fight. you'll be going as a like. I won't be going. Oh, we'll be watching it as not for work. I'll be watching for, it as a civilian. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think that's way better. Actually, you to can't be not watch the fight, no matter oh, where that man. fight is happening. You cannot miss it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You wanna. You wanna watch it. I mean, I think when you think of heavyweights, and when you think of you know the likes of when Shane Cameron fought David mm. Tua, and you know those conversations are being resurrected. I love that this whole thing is being celebrated as, you know, like a carnivalesque type situation for New Zealand boxing, for New Zealand heavyweight boxing, because, you know, our our local heavyweight boxers have so much to give yeah. and it's so exciting to watch. So you Definitely. can't miss that. And we have, um, you know, a few of the other guys like um, Hemi Ahio as well, mm. who is said to be one of the heaviest heavyweight, like, punchers. Like, yeah. You know, you talk I to Israel. To see him you back. talk to Israel, and Israel says that Hemi punches hard, <laughs> and you know what I mean. Like, and yeah. you ask Junior, and Junior would say that Hemi punches hard. Mm. He's not like a huge guy, yeah. But that, and I don't know if you've seen before uh, one of uh, Hemi Ahio's previous fight. Like, he fought this huge dude. Like, this dude was like three times the size <laughs> of Hemi, and <laughs> I was like, man. But anyway, Hemi punches hard, and I yeah. think that's another name that people need to be more aware of. Yeah, or aware and, of again. Yeah, you know, he was a he was a big name there for a little while yeah. and kind of yeah. came away. Kinda, but it's exciting yeah. to see him come back Dr- and see what he's it, got. Went quiet a little bit, and yeah. Then, but yeah, man, I I hope that um he he gets uh like after this fight here in New Zealand, he gets presented with more 
bigger names mm. on the the world stage and he can really show um, you know what he's capable of yeah and you know you have guys like Panuve Helu as well mm. who is like he's he's not as like he's not like a real tall guy yeah. but this guy is like a, you know those toys where you kind of turn <laughs> wind and them up. It, it, yeah and it winds <laughs> about and there's like it just has so much power yeah this guy is he looks small but he had, he's got a lot of power yeah and uh, you know you talk to some of the heavyweight boxers here and they'll tell you that you know Panove Helu's another guy mm. to look out as well um so that's really interesting we're really yeah. excited for that we're only like a month away it was just February yeah. 27 yeah so that's really close um yeah definitely looking forward to that one do we know how much they're charging for that fight on uh, Park Sport <laughs> uh was it 1 million oh. <laughs> I have six, no idea. $60, $70? Was it for pay-per-view? Was it $60, $70? Or? I don't know. I haven't yeah, looked into that. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, I'll, try, I'll try, to, try to remember. and I, I might put the, 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 the your, link in put, the video. Start putting your dollars away now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I might put the link in the video or just some information on that because I'd like mm. to let people know how they can watch it, where they yeah. can watch it. Um, but one of the other things that I kind of... I feel like needs to have something done is this pay-per-view price mm. that I'm struggling a little bit with, you know, like, I I mean, we can't afford it, but doesn't mean that everybody else can. Yeah. And I think, um, like, I, average, you know, we're talking about average, it costs around 50, 60 bucks for a fight, which is not really the cheapest. Yeah, that's expensive. And um, the, what, what really interests me is the... Uh, app that uh, came out from uh, from Matchroom Boxing which mm. is the The Zone app yeah. which the live streaming sports and I'm waiting for that to come to New Zealand yeah. I hear that there's some issues um, with, <laughs> with might be surprise, maybe maybe, maybe the organisation that you work with but uh, there might be <laughs> whoa, some, whoa, whoa. <laughs> some issues with getting The Zone in the country but man mm. like I want to pay $10 a month and watch yeah. all this stuff you well know? If, you know I say it without getting in trouble. I mean, if the competition's there, yeah, yeah. you know, then you'll probably see a difference. But I think it, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time we're going to squeeze out all these, mm. you know, people who are really charging an arm and a leg. You yeah. Know, um, like, you know, how Netflix, like, we look at Netflix story with Blockbuster. Um, UFC is a little bit different because theirs is exclusive. Mm. So they have their own, um, well, you have the fight pass and then you have the pay-per-view yeah. price from the fight pass. But one of the things that I think, man, really upset me, really upset, because right? <laughs> I bought, grievances. This I is bought the, the um, pay-per-view for, um, uh, for the AJ and Andy Ruiz too mm-hmm. on Sky Sport. And then I Did bought I come, the... I uh, think I'm getting a growl. I bought the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Fury Wilder too as well yeah. on Sky Sport. And... Uh, I paid you you had to pay like the $40 or $50 or whatever it was yeah. and the fight was only on the platform for like 48 hours. Yeah. And like I think it was like I didn't know that, right? <laughs> I didn't. So like a week later from the fight, you know, you're still buzzing and I said, like, "Man, I want to watch the fight again." Log in and what do you mean it's not there? It's only 48 hours. Like what do you mean I paid I paid the price. Yeah. And I think that one really got to me like the fact that you really had to pay an arm and a leg and yeah. then like it's 48 hours. How I mean I struggle like you in a way I feel like they encouraging like all these illegal streamers and people who are recording this stuff they're going to record it they're going to put it online like mm. 
why would you encourage, you know, you're not encouraging, but like yeah. what you're doing is kind of pushing people in that direction. Yeah. And that's why like you have a lot of fights, uh, boxing fights especially, they'll end up on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, yeah. well, it's, it's, good. it's good for people watching that. I, I don't get mm. any say. I, mean, I, hope, I, I, I can put forward your grievance. <laughs> I'll give you my email address and you can, and Man, I can I afford mean, it. I, but I mean, you this know. Feels like, it's, this feels like when um, my father-in-law, he had a problem <laughs> with his Dakota and he was asking me, how does he fix this Dakota? And my dad was actually ringing me and asking me, why can't I get this subscription to this? And I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. As I soon, can't help you. As soon as you work for that organization, yeah, all of their everyone, complaints come to you. My remote's not working. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you get that all the time. I'd imagine. Oh, well. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway um, we've come to the section now, wise words from the wise lady. Oh. Okay, so if you have any... Uh, for people watching, listening, um, what uh, words of advice would you be giving them? You know, in terms of can be anything, life, work, journalism. Well, I, th I think wow. you touched on it a little bit earlier, actually, about your um, experiences in Bali. That anything you put out into the universe, you will get back. Um, I've always been um, a person who will follow anything if I'm. If I'm passionate about it, then that's that's the thing that I will chase. And even if it feels unattainable, if you keep at it, keep at it, keep at it, it will happen for you. You just have to believe in yourself and your work. That's very good advice. So I hope you guys listen to that. Yeah, take that advice with you. Um, Ravinder, what's your future plans? Do you have anything in the works um, outside of what you know the amazing things that you're already doing? Are you look working towards some other stuff? Anything that you know you can share exclusively uh, on oh, this? Exclusively. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't no, know. Oh, that stink because I got nothing cool to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm exclusively lame. No, um, um, I don't know. I'm hoping to. Um, I'm hoping to get in the ring this year. That's something I haven't said oh, out loud before. Yes. So I'm hoping that um, you know I get to work with the crew at the box office. Try and get ready just get fitter and fitter and sharper and sharper so hopefully i get to do that let us know when you are fighting i'll definitely yeah. be coming there to yeah. support i'll be in i'll be in i'll be at the corner i'll be the guy who just shouts <laughs> random and <laughs> random advice hey no no move it no i won't do that i'll just watch i'll just watch, yeah. I'll just watch. I won't cool be, appreciate yeah. it i'll oh, let I the promoters know yeah. um, <laughs> um what's out I'm hoping to I think the the biggest the biggest goal that I do have is that um like I don't know how I'm going to do it but I'm really passionate about what I do the audience that I have to tell it to like stories from my community stories about women um definitely keep pushing our fight sport and the community um forward in a direction that we can all as New Zealanders be really really proud of but I want to carry on doing that, but I do want to recruit me a little army Ooh. to normalize this, you know, mm. to, you know, when people go, oh, Ravinda's the girl that does these stories. I don't want it to be Ravinda does these stories. I want it to be these people do these stories. So I want to, you know, try and encourage more of this. Mm. Talking about that, sorry, just, um, you know, about boxing and all that. Mm. Are your um, daughters or your children involved in uh, combat sports or? Uh, my sons train at, 
the Papa Toy Toy Boxing Gym okay. with Grant and um, Mosiama Tangi, who I think has just left that gym now oh. in pursuit of Australia. But um, yeah, the, my boy's doing that um, casually with school as well. And my daughter is, um, she was doing jujitsu with her dad, but now is right into touching netball. So mm. not really into the combat. Yeah, sport I think that netball actually takes up. Quite a bit of your time, well, the training. Yeah, it? yeah, it's not it as does. it's not as easy. I think that's the one that p- people think it's easy. Like, man, you I have tell you, no I get idea. I get more injuries in netball than mm. I ever had training in boxing or any martial arts. Considering you get hit in the face, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty weird, eh? But maybe I'll wear a mouth guard to netball. I don't know. Possibly, yeah. Um, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, you, I, when you say that, like building this team, is it like in mm. with the work that you're currently doing, or you want to do this outside of? the organisation to be fair wherever the wind may take me like mm. I just when a door opens you know I just decide to walk through it and hopefully I just get to a place where I have other people just as passionate as I am about about these kinds of stories mm. Mm. it's pretty cool yeah oh well uh, anyway oh before last one before we go do you have any shout outs uh, you want to say anything to anyone um your uh, very loyal and supportive husband who's here with us as well <laughs> Hey. Who's, who's actually sitting behind the camera? But, um, Making sure you know, I don't land a minute. Yeah. Who's uh, supported you throughout the whole journey? He I has. Understand. He has. No, my husband's my number one fan, and everyone needs a boss who near in their life because you can't do this alone. It's too bloody hard and time consuming. What's, what's his so. phone number? We might bore <laughs> him now, you can put it in the, <laughs> put it in the comments below. <laughs> put it in the comments below. No, don't do that. Don't do that. But um, no, yeah. um, no, I have a really, really supportive family, and I you know, practically thank him every single day because being a mum with three kids and trying mm. to do all of this and, you know, Definitely it's tough. Not an but easy um, task. No, yeah. not at all. So, yeah, having a supportive family has been 100% awesome. But thank you to you and what you're doing with these podcasts and giving athletes and all these different peoples from different walks of life a voice to, to give their story is awesome too. So good on you. I just I just talk rubbish and you know it's usually the guests who've got the stories and I'm uh, not well I think that's the other thing I think we're all storytellers yeah we're all storytellers whether we know it or not and well some people haven't just haven't tapped into that gift of theirs mm. of sharing um, yeah I think some people actually do have um, a lot of stories um, you know the up and coming fighters yeah. or people who don't have that much recognition and um, yes one of the things that I wanted to do was to learn how to do all this and to try to give them a platform to talk and to share mm. and to kind of amplify their voice and totally. uh, a platform yeah, is you know, the first step because yeah, that's <laughs> that, I think that's you know like what the like the whole conversation you know we talk about like athletes here is nobody gives them the especially especially in combat sports mm. you know like nobody really gives them the attention like yeah. nobody wants to cover their story you know like well, there are people I'm not saying it's nobody there are people who want to do it but maybe their bosses or you know yeah they might not have the funds or the resources or it's podcasts like this that mm. can educate educate people about the sport because I think a lot of the time especially in my industry. Journalists don't cover it because they just don't know about it. Mm, you know, exactly. that's why you'll have a hundred people covering rugby because they know how to play rugby and they know the rules and they know the people. But with MMA, it's uncharted territory. Mm. So that's why I think once people get more educated about the sport, then the stories and the doors will open. It's easier more. to kind of connect and that's share it. as well. Yeah, you don't want to go and talk to someone. And I mean, the worst thing, and fighters are the worst for this. If you've got someone talking to you, like from the media, 
who are all shit and don't know anything <laughs> about it, they'll be the first ones to call them out and go, um, why are you even talking to me? You know, because they're not passionate about something that the fighter is really passionate about. I've seen Izzy do it before. Like he'll sniff it out and go, you're, you, you don't even know, what are you even doing here? Mm. You know, so learn about it and then you can also have these cool stories too. Yeah. Perfect. Anyway, thank you very much, Ravinder, for your time for coming You're today. Welcome. We we really hope to uh, see you do you know big and great things um, with what you're doing on Sky and outside of that. You know, I'll, I'll definitely be um, you know uh, staying tuned. <laughs> uh, and also, um, if you do know when your fight is, let us know, and uh, I'll probably share it on like when we do the podcast. If you happen oh, to do it, and, God. Uh, hopefully you have a <laughs> you have a whole army of people coming to support you there. You know who knows? Um, yeah, we're looking forward to that. Anyway, thank you very much again for your time. All right, guys, if you stayed this far, thank you very much for watching, and I will see you on the next one. Hey guys, Ali here. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast. We appreciate your love and your support. If you're not already on board, please do follow us on here and share it with your friends and family. If you prefer a visual experience, our videos are actually up on YouTube at the Ali channel. Please don't forget to subscribe, like and share and leave a comment or feedback if you like. And also you can follow us on our socials at the underscore Ali underscore channel for Instagram and on our Facebook page at The Ali Channel. We'll see you soon.